Hey guys, welcome back to the Silent Sales Machine Radio Podcast. I'm your guest host, Ryan Rieger. Today we're chatting with Honey Woods. She's been on this uh, podcast before. Uh, Jim had her on episode 269. She talked about her story. She's a homeschool mom of six kids, guys, and her Amazon business is her primary income. Super cool. You should go back and listen to that. But today we're chatting with her about where to start because she was on a pack webinar with me and Ginny Hunt. So those of you that have the proven Amazon course, we do monthly webinars, monthly extra webinar training. And we have seen the influx of new people into our community. So we knew there was a lot of folks that were brand new to selling online. And so we had a topic, our webinar was called, Where Do I Start? And we had 853 people register for this webinar. So that right there tells you that's more than we've ever had on any of the webinars we've done. And so we knew we hit the right uh, message. This podcast with Honey is a follow-up to that and kind of gives you some information. If you've been following this podcast for a while or you've just joined this community, then listen to this episode because it will encourage you, give you some practical information on where you can start selling physical products online, how to get started, even if you have zero dollars to invest, guys. Super powerful strategies, guys. And we'll get to that right after this. Honey, welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Thanks so much for doing this again. This is your second time, right? This is. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Cool. So you were you were on with Jim back... Uh, it was episode 269, guys. You need to listen to that episode. Honey is a homeschool mom of six. And this business, this Amazon business is her main source of income. So you were on with Mark and right before we started recording, you were talking about what the topic of that episode was. And you said it was right when the pandemic was hitting. So what's the last three months been like for your business? And we'll talk very briefly about your story. I know you talked a lot about it in that episode, but uh, we also want to provide some encouragement for you guys. So tell us, tell me about the last three months. Well, I think for all of us, everything has been kind of um, different, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of changes for some that's a lot more struggle, but for me, that's been just a, a time to pivot to adjust and change and see what has worked for my family. So, you know, I still have the same foundation of business that I had before, but I did have to change things up. Taking six kids in a store in this season, which is what I used to do, um, was not the ideal thing to do um, the last few months. So we have avoided most stores and switched to mostly doing online arbitrage. Actually, at this point, uh, 100% of my Amazon business is online arbitrage. Yeah, that's just that's I've had to add new replens and adjust and change mm-hmm. things that that we did. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of an extra push there, an extra pivot. But yeah. instead of making it be a moment that had to be scary and intimidating, I love the opportunity, honestly, that Amazon provides for my family. Mm. You know that FBA does because I didn't yeah. have to worry about doing all of the other things. I just made sure it was sent to Amazon and taken care of and. Yeah. Yeah. So just and a little bit of a pivot there. You're using a prep there. center, aren't you, for that? I am. Yep. So I just do the OA, go straight to a prep center. I don't touch product. You know what I mean? I'm still, I still have my hands in there deciding what goes in there and how much. But sure. at this point, I have a foundation of replens that's making that fairly simple. Most of it's reordering. Obviously, at the beginning mm-hmm. of all this, I was definitely digging around and trying to find a lot more replens to add to make yeah. up for the retail arbitrage replens that I didn't sure. 
um, have access to anymore. So, so now we talk about replans a lot because that's where <laughs> a lot of people are seeing success. But tell me when you just say, just, you have to reorder. I know that, um, I don't know the way I've ever asked this question like you or Jimmy, how much time does that take out of a week to make sure that you stay in stock? Just guess. Oh my goodness. Reorders probably depends on how organized I am. Cause there's uh-huh. times where I've got a system and I've just know exactly what's going on. And other times where I'm like, okay, I got to dig around and yeah, yes, it's not You're always not flawless there. Dashboard? I do, but there's oh. still times where I'm digging around and, and finding um, the extra things, finding okay. a lot of that stuff where Okay, so let's say that you're not, if you're just needing to, you're not, um, I know that you also spend time looking for new yeah, replans, but as far as if you just had to focus mainly on the reorders, is that a couple hours a week, 10 hours a week, 30 no. minutes a week? No, I, I honestly spend on my FBA business at this point, I have enough things outsourced that I'm probably spending less than 10 hours a week on everything. That's awesome. And that's all the back end stuff. That's the reorders. And honestly, I could definitely outsource more of that. You know, that's something I can continuing to take piece by piece and outsourcing, but that's the actual cool. FBA business, I definitely don't spend more than that. And that's including that's everything. Incredible. That's making sure you know, the customer service stuff, anything that I deal with, with prep centers, um, reordering all of that. There's, and there's some weeks that it's a lot less than that. It just depends, but um, so less than 10 hours a week on your FBA business. That's awesome. Which yeah, that's, because of replans, that's why I yeah. like them. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. Cause then that yes. gives you time to help me on legends. So <laughs> yes. that's awesome. Yes. But then I know guys, we're not here to talk about all her streams of income. She has other streams of income. We, we just finished a, a course on outsourcing. And so there's other things that she does that besides her FBA business that uh, having that replant, that base of replants allows her to do. So, okay. I know that people can go back to episode 269 and hear all your story, but like just really fast. Who are you? How, what's your Amazon story? Just really quick. Um, like you already said at the beginning here, um, I'm a homeschool mom of six. My oldest is 12 and I have twins that are four. So, I mean, they're all still fairly young and I'm homeschooling them. So they're here all the time. Gosh. Uh, we started this business when my twins were newborns, just as a way to bring my husband home from his job. And we were able to do that within a couple of years, a little mm-hmm. over a couple of years. And we did it really slow because we started with a very little, I mean, just a few hundred dollars and I had newborn twins. So honestly, it was not, it was not a fast paced thing at that sure. point. And I didn't have all the tools and information that I do now. So mm-hmm. knowing what I know now, I would have been able to grow a lot faster, which mm-hmm. a lot of that is available, you know, in pack and a lot of other things that mm-hmm. that's stuff that I didn't have access to when I first started. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, still, like you said, adding streams of income and mm-hmm. doing all of this with my six kids at home and incredible. <laughs> It's crazy, but it's fun and I like it. And I'm so grateful for the freedom that just e-commerce in general allows. Like I said, I'm not putting in huge full-time hours by outsourcing, by having things like, like a replenishable list, just a list that I go and get stuff from, you know, spending a little time up front to build that. But then at this point, it makes it so much easier for me. So I love it. Very cool. Uh, your story is inspiring and it's just, it's so fun to see everything that you've done. And it's just been an honor to have you serve us, our group in legends. Cause you, you know, you're somebody that people can look up to and say, Hey, I want to bring my husband home too. I want to bring yeah. my wife home too. I love it. So one more success stories. All right. Yeah. So the real reason, I mean, obviously we could talk more and more about your business and what you do, but you were on a pack webinar with me and Jenny hunt earlier this mm-hmm. week and it was called, so it was, um, those of you guys that have the proven Amazon course, 
we do monthly extra training webinars only for PAC members. And we uh, knew that we're seeing all these new folks come into the My Silent Team Facebook group. And so we thought there are a lot of new people out there that are coming in this group all the time. Let's do a where do I start webinar, basically talking about the Proven Amazon's course. How do you jump in there? Where do you jump in there? And also just where do you start with Amazon? Because if you talk to five different sellers, you might get five different stories of how they started and they're all legitimate. And it could be very overwhelming. Do I follow the way that Honey did it? Or do I follow the way that Kate did it or that Jimmy did it? And it can be confusing. And so we had 800 and I think 53 people registered for this webinar. That was the most ever. So we knew that we were onto something and onto a topic that was going to be hot. And we want to serve you guys more uh, with this knowledge because we answered questions for a very long time. And I know that a lot of you were listening to this. You haven't started yet, or you're maybe even brand new. Uh, We want to talk about where you start. So Honey, talk about, I know maybe you covered it in episode 269, but talk real quick on how you guys got started. You just mentioned that you had a, just a few hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And I know you've talked this about this before. You went to dollar stores and things like that. So what did that yeah. look like for you? Yeah, we did. Starting out just you know with a little bit of basic information and the thought process of um, bringing what people are already looking for to them. That's really what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so you know, finding things that at the time we would look at finding things that would have a good rank. Now we would probably recommend Keepa, but it didn't yep. take a lot of money to start. And for some people that could even look like free things, finding stuff around your house, or right. maybe you're doing consignment, you know, working with someone else. So those are options. If you don't even have a few hundred dollars to start for us, we yeah. did. And I still though wanted to do around here a lot. We talk about the inch deep mile wide philosophy. So Mm -hmm. I'm not buying 500 of one thing and hoping that someone wants it. You know, I'm doing the research ahead of time and I'm buying a few things, but I want to buy, you know, maybe if I have $50, I'm going to buy 10 things that are $5 instead of, or, or, you know, 25 things that are $2 instead of buying one thing that's $50 and hoping that it flips. So that really is what helped grow our business so much because Mm -hmm. you may make decisions that are bad, and I think that's okay. It's good to know that up front. You are going to make some mistakes and, sure. and there will be some things that happen along the way. But if you don't have as much risk put in, then it's not as scary and not as big. Um, right. If you do that, if you spent all your money on one product or you know you spent it on you know one, one product line, maybe and you just bought a ton of them, right. that's a lot scarier than if I've got 10, 20, 30 different things that I've spent a little bit on. Mm -hmm. So we did, we started just at dollar stores. There was another store that had a lot of party items. We would get that kind of stuff. So just really inexpensive stuff Mm -hmm. because we knew we were starting with very little and we wanted to be able to grow that faster and kind of figure out the process without a lot of risk. I didn't want to go and buy things, even though we could have with our few hundred dollars, we could have bought some $50 items. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that we were able to get more figure out how the process worked and um, be able to grow it that way with yeah. less risk. So that was a good fit for us. Absolutely, guys. There is no reason why you should ever have to pull out your 401k, drain your <laughs> savings account, no, please go don't. to your wife and say, hey, I'm going to start this <laughs> new business. I got the proven Amazon course and now I'm going to drop 
you know, $25,000 on, on some mm-hmm. products. And I'm just going to hope that they sell. This is our last chance here, honey. No, um, don't do it. Don't do that. There are so many stories of people in our community that start with just a few hundred dollars like honey yeah. did. And I love that you said that it could be free. Like you guys had a few hundred dollars to invest. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm honestly telling you this. You could totally start with zero dollars. Get into our free Facebook group. It's called My Silent Team. We'll put a, put a link in the show notes. But if don't even invest in proven Amazon course yet. Amazon 101 course, that's cheap too. But you could learn a lot of stuff in this free Facebook yeah. group. Ask questions and we're here to help. You literally can start with zero dollars. And you mentioned selling items from around your home. So many mm-hmm. people start there. We have a we put together what's called an inventory pyramid and we'll go through uh, some of these levels here in just a second, which is shows you all the different ways that people uh, make, uh, find inventory for, and I'll just share this to screen. I know you guys listening to this can't see it, but I'll put the link in the show notes. And those of you watching this on YouTube will be able to see it. But a lot of people literally they start from selling items around their home. Just look around your house. What is sitting here that you're not using anymore that somebody else would want? Now, if it's something that's, old and used. It may not be the perfect fit for Amazon. It's probably not. So think about eBay, mm-hmm. Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. Uh, we know people who are putting stuff out on their porch, putting it up on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Somebody comes up to your door, puts the money under the mat, takes the <laughs> item. You never have to, you can do the social distancing thing if you want to. You don't have to yeah. see them. <laughs> don't have to shake their hand. You just get their money. <laughs> so seriously, $0 with something like selling items from around your home. Did you do that some when you got started? I think we did find a few things, you know, having all the little kids. I think we had some board games that we had gotten duplicates as gifts or whatever. And so we thought, let's just see what this is, you know, scan it and try and see. So we did do that. I know a lot of people that have done that with books. Uh Books can be an easy thing because people do go on Amazon and look for used books. Mm -hmm. But like the stuff that you're talking about, having all those different, you know, the Facebook marketplace or eBay or other places, Mm -hmm. that's a great thing too, because that can help build up some money. So you have a little bit of starter money. Right. to buy those things on Amazon. Yeah. Absolutely. So you just mentioned something. Let's so honey, let's say that we got some folks that are brand new and have never done this before. You just said simply scan it. What the heck do you mean by that? <laughs> what do you scan it with? Well, there is a free app, the Amazon seller app. It's different than the one that you would shop on. It's completely free. You can sign up for that. And it can, it has the ability to give you a little more information about products by scanning the UPC around here. We usually suggest typing things in. But if you're just starting with items around your house, just mm-hmm. use the scanner. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll let you know what it's selling for on Amazon. You scan the barcode, right? Yes. Or if correct. it's a book, it can be the barcode. If it's a book that doesn't, maybe it's an older book and doesn't have a UPC code or ISBN number, just type in the, the title. Mm-hmm. And then what are you looking for? One, so let's say I do that. I scan, a, I scan a used book that I have here and I see it pull up on Amazon and I see it selling for $10. You're going to look and see what the fees are. Uh-huh. Things that are heavier or larger are going to usually cost a little bit more. And I actually was talking to someone the other day and they just thought these fees seem like so excessive. It seems like a lot. But with this, imagine that Amazon is not only providing the audience. So that's where people go. If you think you're going to buy anything, what's the first place you think of? It's always Amazon. At least right now, that's what it looks like. And so you're they're bringing the audience you know, that's, you're going where the people are buying. So they're providing that they're providing customer service. 
Mm -hmm. They handle the vast majority of that for you. They're handling the shipping. So Mm -hmm. for me, that is the huge blessing that I don't have to go and wrap up the packages and send it out and put all the labels onto all the customers and all of that. Amazon, Mm -hmm. if it's FBA, they're dealing with all of that for me. I couldn't get shipping as cheap as those fees that I'm paying them. So, you know, pay attention to what those fees are going to cost if you're sending it, whether it's FBA or if you're fulfilling it yourself, there's different options in the app to show you that. And then it'll show you what your gross proceeds are. So, you know, here's how much, if I'm paying this much for the item, you can Mm -hmm. look on your app right then and say, yes, I'm going to be able to make some money off of this if it sells at this price, or there's no way this isn't worth it. And then you pass Mm -hmm. on that item and you move on to the next one. Hey, this is Jim. Sorry to interrupt this fantastic episode, but I wanted to alert you very quickly before we jump back to the show about today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by The Legends Group. That is a small group of sellers who gather primarily on Facebook, but also live at a couple events per year and talk about how to source products successfully to sell on Amazon. They specialize in retail arbitrage and online arbitrage strategies. If you want to check them out and find out more about them, there's only one link to use. That's provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Again, provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Go ahead and check them out. It is a phenomenal group. You can drop out anytime you want but I think you're going to love the regular trainings, the positive atmosphere. It's like a big family. And if you want to hang out with other people who are doing creative things, sourcing retail and online arbitrage style for Amazon, that is where you want to be. Hey, let's jump back into the show now. Talk to me about uh, BSR because you're going to see that on the Amazon seller app. What does that mean? Yeah. So the bestseller rank, that used to be something we would go by a lot more. So the closer to one is going to be the more, the more often it sells. Mm -hmm. Now it is just a snapshot in time. So keep in mind that when you look at that, it could be something that hasn't sold for a few weeks and all of a sudden it sold this morning. So it's going to give you a better rank. So I do recommend to be cautious if you're just looking at bestseller rank, but as a general rule, if you see something that's up in the millions that's probably something that's a lot slower seller than something that's down in, you know, 10,000, 20,000 sure. kind of range. So it does give you an idea of, yeah, let me research this a little further, or let me see, this might be something that looks like it's highly likely to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also look on the app and it'll show you reviews. So you see the little stars there that gives you an idea too, if this is something that at some point at least um, has been something that's sold fairly often. If there's a bunch mm-hmm. of reviews, a bunch of stars, right you know that it's something that it's not easy to get reviews on Amazon. I mean, you may, no. you might think, you know, with eBay, there's usually, you're almost always going to get feedback from the seller. So you make a sale, you get, you get some feedback with Amazon. I've heard, honey, maybe like one out of a hundred sales you get that there's a review on a product. So you have something that has 50 reviews. It's sold a bunch. Yes. Yes. Think about it as a from a buyer perspective too, I probably should do better, but I don't just jump in and every single thing I order on Amazon, leave a review. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of value in noticing that there are reviews on there. So perfect. Okay. So the next thing, so you sold some stuff around your home. Uh, you've done it on Facebook, marketplace, Craigslist, eBay, whatever it is. 
the other option would be then find other people that have stuff sitting around their home. Do you have mm-hmm. friends, family, neighbors that you know that there is stuff just sitting around there? You've been in your neighbor's house and you they have what they call the junk room and they're like, man, I wish I would get rid of this. <laughs> or maybe you're a guy and you went over there with your buddy and then my wife's been getting on me to get this stuff out of here. They're not e-commerce experts like you guys are. And, and I, I don't say that word lightly because if you listen to this podcast, you get into that Facebook group that we have that's totally free or you're a proven Amazon course student, you are an expert in regard to e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And so you could easily partner up with that neighbor and say, hey, buddy, I will take all this stuff from you. You grab it. Maybe you go through and actually scan to see which ones are actually worth putting on Amazon, which ones are more eBay, which ones are closer to Facebook marketplace and which ones he's just going to have to take to the dumpster. You take it (laughs) off of his hands, you sell it on whatever platform and you split the profits with him. Honey, how much does that cost me to do that other than my time? Nothing. Right. (laughs) Just that relationship. There's, there's a lot of value to having relationships that you can do that with. Nothing. It's free. (laughs) <laughs> it is. And if you guys know, if, a lot of times people get into this and they, they start to learn certain products, like, um, you know, maybe they just know used board games really well. They'll go to a garage sale, which is our next thing that we can talk about is they, they'll spot, oh, that's a 1965 Monopoly. That's worth $80 or whatever. You'll start to notice those things. So you can actually then even post on these things like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace and say, looking for old yep. board games. I'll come yep. pick them up. Some folks aren't even going to care. They just say, just get these darn things out of here. Give them to you for free, or maybe you can get them for really cheap. But there's just so many opportunities, so many ways to get cheap or very, or even free inventory, selling items from around your home and partnering up with friends, neighbors, relatives. And we call that consignment. So those are two options. If you have $0, you're just willing to put in a little work, you can do those two methods to get started. The next one, which is very inexpensive, thrift stores and garage sales. Do you do much of that? Or have you, I know you probably don't take your kids out to garage sales every Saturday. I I really don't. I do enjoy them. I mean, as a general rule, I have enjoyed them in the past. Finding a lot of stuff for little kids is a good place to go. Um, But I haven't really for business. I think that's part of what I love about this too, is that every person, you know, different personalities, you can find the right fit for you. Right. Some people love them and that is like their favorite thing. And they can't wait to get out every weekend in the summers or, you know, the nice weather and go do that. And some people are like, I don't ever want to go to one. And right. So you don't have to, this is just another option for those of you that this might be a good fit for you. Um, mm-hmm. It could be a great place to find some really good stuff. Oh, totally. I'm in a group with Greg Perry and we're, he's teaching about using garage sales and it's incredible what he's Mm -hmm. teaching. Some of the stuff that people get for pennies and are able to sell for, I mean, literally sell for 10, 20, $30 and more for something they bought at a garage sale for less than a buck. So the opportunity is there. If you enjoy these things, go for it. Do you look at like, if you're already out there anyway, going to garage sales just for fun. Now just look at it through the lens of what can I buy to resell? because there is gold right there in your own neighborhood. And Mm -hmm. we have all these different methods we're going to be talking about in this group. But like Honey said, if the garage sales, the thrift store thing is not for you, then listen to somebody else. Like maybe like Honey right now is doing online arbitrage, which we'll guess we just jump right to that, which is she's finding stuff behind her computer. She's at home and she's looking online at places like walmart.com, all these other .com sites, buying them there and having them sent to Amazon and you're making a profit that way. Talk about anything else about online arbitrage there you want to mention? 
No, I mean, um, it's really the same kind of process as anywhere else. I, you know, do the research. I look at Keepa and say, okay, is this something that's selling? Is this something that's going to be profitable for me? And mm-hmm. just, you know, placing the orders. And, you know, I would recommend when you're doing online, there can be the challenges of everyone else has easy access to that too. Mm-hmm. So in stores, sometimes there's items that are only in store, but online, virtually everyone has access to those same sites. So finding the lesser known sites, maybe the lesser known items or categories from those sites, I wouldn't personally recommend it for like, you know, the hot toy item. That's not stuff I sell. I still find the same, just normal stuff that people would get. It could be anything. You know, I do sell toys, groceries, home decor, sports items. It's, it's a wide variety, but trying to kind of stay away from those really hot items, especially online, I think is important because otherwise you're going to have a lot of other people that want to sell that and um, your ability to sell or your profitability would be less. So, okay. And then retail arbitrage is what you used to do before all this pandemic hit. Talk, what's retail arbitrage? What does that look like? Just going into a store and finding things that for me, because I have replans as my strategy, the things that I can just over and over consistently buy um, finding something in the store that I can sell online on Amazon. So either looking at the seller app or some other kind of app that will show me, here's the profitability, here's how much it sells for, here's how often it sells. Giving me that kind of information from that tool yeah. can help me to know, is this something I want to buy? You really do make your money when you buy. So yeah. doing the research a little bit ahead of time will make sure that you're not stuck with a bunch of stuff that is never going to sell because you just guessed and thought, well, it said it was on sale in the store. And so I threw it in my cart, you know, having that information ahead of time is going to help you to be more successful and have less of the bad buys. I won't say none because there's occasionally, sure. um, that's just part of being in retail, you know, which is what we're really doing. You know, that's part of what we're doing. And so having less of those bad purchases by knowing that this is more likely to buy same kind of thing. So my my business is based off of replens, but you could do the same thing if you go to a clearance aisle or you hit up a big sales section somewhere. Mm-hmm. Go there, see is this something that's going to be profitable? You know, look at the history, you know, maybe stay away from like the really popular, huge, big name things. Or if you're going to a big box store that's nationwide, avoid the aisle that is full of the clearance stuff. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, you still have to do some caution in that, but absolutely, I would fill carts and carts full of stuff just from a list of, I know it's going to sell. I'm going to go back and get more of that item. So it's just taking it and it's getting it to the customers. You're providing the convenience for them. And right now, more than ever, people want that convenience. Just bring it to my house. I don't want to go in the Mm -hmm. store. I don't want to mess with it. And so they're happy to have that, Mm -hmm. that service of buying online, buying on Amazon. Absolutely. Let's talk about, let's give, give some people some money here. Here's a tip. It'll make you guys money. Regional stores. What is yes. that? And what's the, what's so big about that? Tell me what a regional store might be for you. And then for me, uh, Meyer's a good regional store. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty Always. sure like Kroger, I, I know that Kroger is wider, but I don't think it's everywhere. So that would be right. a version of that. You guys have Ollie's up there. We do have an Ollie's. Yes. That's more of a discount store. So it's like big lots, mm-hmm. but they, yep. that is a more regional place. Yep. So there are things that you're going to find there that people can't find in the rest of the country. Maybe mm-hmm. there are regional items, maybe where you live is like known for, you know, their peaches or mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many things that sure. maple syrup, whatever. And so this kind of thing from this area or this brand of this, you could only find in this area of the country, right. that stuff can have so much absolutely value to you because people are like, 
man, I used to live there. I remember going on vacation there and I really yeah. liked that stuff and I can't find it anywhere. Where are they going to yeah. look? They're going to go to Amazon. Yeah. So having those things, same kind of thing with the regional stores. Everybody can't necessarily find that exact item or mm-hmm. maybe they can't get it for that price. And so everyone, you don't have as much competition that you're going up against right. if you do sell those things. Yeah, just think about brands. So um, actually, I'm from Indiana where Honey is. We actually went to uh, high school together. And so there are brands up in Indiana that I don't have here in Texas. Like one that I just realized not too long ago is uh, Mike sells potato chips. Like you guys really? have those, yeah. They don't have. We yes. don't have them here. It's not. We'll have a, to send you some Mike's. That's right. So like, chips. if that, if if I was like addicted to Mike sells potato chips when I was in Indiana and I moved to yeah. Texas, like, hey, where are the Mike sells potato chips? Well, we don't. Never heard of that, sir. You talk yeah. to a grocery. Where yep. would you go to find that stuff? You're going to go to Amazon. So Absolutely. there are opportunities like that. Think about the things that are regional to you, products that are regional to you, stores that are regional to you, and look and see. Because if you move away from your area. Where are you going to get those things other than you have somebody like Honey who's going to ship them to you or a friend or a family member? <laughs> yeah. You're going to go on Amazon. You're going to go online and try to find those things. So those are opportunities. Yep. So I know we didn't plan on talking about that, but that was some, uh, just some extra bonus there. So you mentioned replens and clearance. I know most people, when I talk to them about this opportunity, they think that it's only going to a clearance aisle and finding stuff that's super cheap because that's the only way that it's profitable. So Talk about the difference between those two. It's definitely not. I have to say when, when we started, that was pretty much my mindset too, of I've got to find the stuff that's on sale or it's clearance. Here's the deal. I'm also, I've got six kids. I'm like the bargain queen. I look for <laughs> deals because I, yeah. you know, I've, out of necessity, I grew up like that. That's just a thing that is in my nature. But when I look now at the convenience of things, I am absolutely thrilled to pay a little more for the convenience for it to come to me. And so I still do find things that in my mind are, wow, that's really cheap, but I buy them for full price. So Mm -hmm. I would go places, you know, like Walmart or Target or wherever, and I'd find something and then I'd look online and Amazon is selling this for more. And I'm looking at the price history and it says, yes, Amazon, people are paying this price consistently. They, to them, it's worth that value. And so they're happy to pay that price for it. So if I can find something that's regular price, sometimes, you know, you could bundle it up. You can have it in a multi-pack, have things that make it even look more valuable. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. single items as well, but you have that. And to the person that is buying it on Amazon, they think to me, this is worth it. I'm willing to pay this price for this. And you're also going to ship it to my house for me. So awesome. That saves me time from having to get out and go places and go to the store and drive there and drive back. So there's a lot of reasons that people do pay those prices, but yeah, most, I mean, really at this point, virtually all of my stuff is just regular price stuff that I go buy from the store. If you find those clearance things, sometimes we say that's, that's the gravy on top. That's the bonus. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but it's not something I know I can keep going back over and over and getting. So I don't really focus on that. But if I see those things and I think, wow, that's like a really good deal and I can make a ton Mm -hmm. off of that item. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. I'm happy to throw that in as well. Um, It's nice to have the foundation though, of the replenishable items, the things that I know are going to consistently sell over and over again. So I don't have to keep doing the research every single shipment I'm sending out. I'm not having to do massive amounts of research and guessing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I got to find like you know, hundreds more items I can sell. Um, So I have that as a, it's a, it brings a little more stability to an arbitrage business is really what it does. And then on the other side, there's people who love the clearance 
hunt, which will like we tell, we have folks in our community, honey, that will have to have RVs and do what we call mm-hmm. travel arbitrage or travel yep. trage. Yep. We'll start, you know, you could do this with your kids. You start in Indiana and you just get on an RV and you drive to Texas and every you're hitting stores <laughs> along the way, hitting yep. different regional stores that you don't have. You yep. probably in those you'd probably be looking for clearance items because it'd be kind of if you found a replen here, it might be hard for you to continue to keep it in stock. But there's guys that the point is there's not one way to do this as we wrap right. this up here. There are literally so many different ways to get this started. The thing is just just take action. The yeah. if we boil it down, you are just looking for inventory to sell, whether that yeah. is from your home, from your friend's home, from a garage sale, thrift store, estate sale, Walmart, Target, Ollie's, Kroger, HEB, or you're doing it from behind your computer right now, like Honey is, she's on her, on her computer going to walmart.com and all these .com sites. You're just looking for inventory that people will want. And you're not, you're not guessing at it. You are using data that you see that will make you have an, you'll have an educated decision based mm-hmm. on data. You're not guessing, oh, I like these blue things. Everybody <laughs> else is going to like them. Let's buy a hundred of them. Then let's just hope oh. they sell. No, you're, you're making educated decisions based on data but you're still starting small buying two or three, those sell, then you buy four or five, those sell by five or 10 and you scale it up that way. So I'll, I'll say something, I'll let you end it here, but guys, I would say just get started. And also another thing about the proven Amazon courses, if you have have it, realize it's a library. It's not a course that says go from here to here because there's so many courses in it. It is a library of courses, but get started, jump in, find inventory, sell it and keep, just keep doing that over and over again. Yep. That's good. That's <laughs> you've summed it up there. It's it doesn't have to be scary. It really right. is a simple process. Yes, there's some learning, there's some things for you to be able to succeed while at it, but it doesn't have to be scary. It has been life-changing. I know for my family and I have known dozens and dozens of other families that has been absolutely life-changing for them too. So, we just encourage you if this is something yeah. you're thinking about, jump in and just try it. Absolutely. It's fun, guys. I mean, you, you can have you have people that are in our community that are making a couple hundred bucks a month and we have people that are making a couple hundred thousand dollars a month. So yep. it just is, they're, they're at all different spectrums. It's so possible for you and you can get started. Just jump in and do it. So honey, thanks so much for being on with me. I'm sure we'll be chatting again on this podcast. Yes. Thanks, Ryan. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.